Hello and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're listening to The Friday Forge, a weekly episode where we hammer out topics brought to us by our community. And we're kind of reworking The Friday Forge a little bit. It seems like every few weeks between, you know, uh, between Q&A episodes, we're doing short story episodes. So we're kind of combining a lot of the questions into longer Q&A episodes where we answer like four or five questions instead of taking 45 minutes to answer one question, which is kind of a fun conversation sometimes, but also we start running a little dry. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to make a whole episode about like books you'd like to see more settings. It's like, well, you know, we don't want to bore anybody. So I think it's fun to kind of rapid fire uh these these bad boys you know yeah, and i really like fun. the short stories so i'm i'm unwilling to let those go away <laughs> oh yeah we're not we're not stopping the short stories it's gonna the next one's gonna be really cool and just because you submitted a short story recommendation and it does not get reviewed at that time keep them coming because i keep a list going so there's a good chance that at some point it will be so keep them coming guys Oh, and I do. I do want to do a little bit of uh, ma- like you know, community maintenance here, and kind of, <clears throat> and kind of inform everybody that uh, Chad and I did read uh, "The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas" by Ursula Le Guin, and we recorded an entire episode of it, like an hour, like a <laughs> long a episode of it, and we kind of, you know, I went in to edit it, and I was like, "This isn't bad, but also, it is bad." Uh, Because, I mean, so The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas is a very intense, very deep short story. I I feel like Chad and I, the way that the discussion went, it was kind of just these two guys talking about what the perfect society would be like. And it was just not coming off very smart. Like, it just wasn't... With no education or like specialty (laughs) in that area. And so it's like two guys just like waxing philosophical about like, you guys could do have better no talking to yourself about, in the right. mirror. You I know, know so. yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's basically like utilitarianism and teleology and all these like really intense like philosophical subjects that people go to sandwich. school for like a decade to study and discuss. And Chad and I read this story and then like half an hour later hopped on here and started <laughs> talking about it. So, um, I mean, we might talk about it and we might bring it up in like a different conversation or something. Um, I still encourage everybody to go read that short story because it is very good and it made both of us think quite a bit. A lot. But I just want to let everybody know that um, there are some things that like Chad and I are just not super educated in and we'd rather mm-hmm. leave it to people that could do a better job discussing it. You know, people with different like experiences and more like well-rounded experiences and Chad and I both have. So it just wasn't really our field no. and it just wasn't, you know, it, it, like our lane is pretty wide as far as science fiction and fantasy goes, but it's not that wide, you know, <laughs> like we, we are still just like these two guys and, and it's, <laughs> I feel don't like know very we, much about how to make a perfect society. <laughs> no, we don't. And it's not really, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's not even really for us to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, though I like, will say that it was an, it inspired an, excellent conversation between evan and i so you should read it and you should talk about it with your friends but maybe don't blast it uh into the internets <laughs> right yeah i felt kind of dumb like halfway through the conversation yeah. i was just like man i don't think that we really know what we're talking about <laughs> no and then we would just like fall back in useless platitudes like but be a good person right like, okay, yeah nice, totally. it's like, How so insightful. boring. right wow <laughs> yeah. wow book reviews kill 
But um, I mean, we're obviously still going to keep reading short stories, but um, I think that probably a good idea for us is when we're going into these really deep discussions about deep topics, it's probably better for us to be, you know, um, maybe like observant, but not necessarily prescriptive, you know, like um, right. it depends on and what the subject is and depends on everything else. But, you know, extremely aware of our own ignorance. <laughs> yeah, totally. But uh speaking of our own ignorance uh we're going into this a little bit blind we've got a list of questions here and we're just going to kind of go for it excellent all right so this is from ian flat and the question is which concepts have you seen in other media video games anime tv shows etc that you think would translate well into books but you haven't read yet it's an interesting question that is a really interesting question Okay, so this isn't super related to um, like TV shows and video games. It's kind of related to video games, but it's more related to those short choose-your-own-adventure books. Oh, my gosh. So I had an idea a little while ago, and I don't know if anybody's done this. I feel like I would have found out if somebody did this, but it would also take a massive amount of work. Too much work. <laughs> a ridiculous amount of work. But I think it would be really cool is if there were a choose-your-own-adventure series, right? We're at the end of a book in a series it asked you like what you wanted to happen and then you went to one book or the other and it would increase the rereadability of that series so much so if there much. were like if there were three other options per book so there were like you know 65 books in a series and you only read like 12 of them right <laughs> That'd be awesome. but that would be an outrageous amount of work but it would be so cool because then the next time you went through the series you'd be able to pick a different ending right. and the combinations would be wild it would take like 50 years to write that <laughs> i understand but like, like but in, so cool in theory involve people in the creation process like that's right. awesome i have a idea that's kind of adjacent to this that i thought would be really cool and someone should do uh is make a video that will turn into a short story that gets published every week or so and it begins with a prompt and then you like stitch it or something and then um you know the video will have a bunch of via randomization tools which there are a ton of you know verb noun randomizations you give options and people can choose which one they want so you're kind of all together making a story and at the end of the week you piece it all together and tell the story that we've all created you know like a game of like telephone kind of kind of but it kind of begins with like okay once upon a time there was a and then i'll hit like 10 different randomization things and then list them all out and then people can like vote which you know a b c d e and they'll vote which option they want to select and then that will be the next thing that goes on the story and then we make another video that does the same thing and then it's like this randomly created you uh, listener decided ridiculous story <laughs> oh that was, that is a good idea yeah it would take a lot of work and i probably don't have enough followers for and it, we're like, we're like do, I think it'd be barely cool. answering this question. Sorry, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying here. Hey, but um, it's good brain juice. You know, we go cool yeah, places with it. Definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chad and I had the idea um, when we were first starting this podcast to like write a story together and come out with it chapter by chapter per week. But I mean, just my to, own insecurities killed that. <laughs> well, and it's just, it would be a, I mean, maybe someday, like that would be pretty cool. I mean, I'm working on some stuff and Chad, you're a really awesome creative person. And I feel like we could do something pretty cool, but at the same time, it's just like, it would be a lot, it'd be a lot of work, like even more work than work. we're already doing, but it would be really fun. Cause be um, really that is fun. a really kind of popular format of podcasting. Like, a, like the, like just a fiction, fictional story that's told that's serialized like that. Yeah. 
my fear would be, uh, you know, I'm like an okay writer and I'm a fine storyteller around the campfire, but I feel like in the writing format, like half our story would be like, man, this is kind of chaos. This is bad writing. <laughs> and then the other <laughs> half would be really good, which is your half. <laughs> Well, I mean, I could just do all the writing and you could just be like the the idea man. Oh, but that's perfect. You know? I'm good at that. We'll we'll figure that out at some point. Okay, maybe. we should it's do that. A, it's on the back burner. It's a, it's, a, it's a cool idea. I mean, we could maybe maybe once this one, maybe once this podcast takes off, we can start like a, a side podcast. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I got ideas. We'll keep running out of short stories. Well, yeah, we're never going to run out of short <laughs> stories. Um, this brings to mind, and again, this is an adjacent thing but it's kind of relevant so i'm gonna go there um so we got an email um i don't know a week or two ago from a listener and he was telling us about um because we were talking about books that have been set to sounds oh right? like, uh, graphic audio stuff yeah thank yeah, you yeah uh, and there's also a movement to do that with musical scores so you read along to the musical score that's written for the book totally. and it's like broken down into chapters he sent us one that was of Kaladin and the Stormlight oh. Archive, and it was awesome. Jordan emailed that to us. So thank you, Jordan. I checked that out and listened to some of the Stormlight Archive written soundtrack, and it was really cool. I've always thought that would be really cool because, um, like, you know, I make music in my, in my spare time and I write a lot. And I always thought it'd be so neat to have a perfect, perfectly curated playlist for each chapter of a book that you're writing. Um, and each chapter of a book that you're reading, but everybody reads at like a different speed, you know? So if, yeah, I know that's, that is kind of the hang up about it, but there are, you know, um, like, like Coheed and Cambria has like their companion, um, like graphic novels or comic books to their albums. Did you know about that? No, I didn't. That's awesome. Yeah. Coheed and Cambria, like if you go down that rabbit hole, <laughs> there's a, it's a whole <laughs> thing. I love Coheed and Cambria. I haven't read the comics yet though. Uh, I should read those. That's a radical idea. I love that. Right. Yeah. I think um, it'd be, it'd be really, really awesome if more bands did that or if more um, graphic novel artists did that. It's just such a huge amount of work. It's oh kind of like my idea with the, with the choose your own adventure series. It's like, on paper, it's kind of an awesome idea, but I think in practice, it would take so so long. Because you're writing that, eighty books. <laughs> yeah, it was, and and with um, you know, with with trying to sync up, uh, Coheed and Cambria, their their albums and their graphic novels don't. I don't think they sync up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think you're supposed to listen to the album while you're reading it. I wonder if you can or not. I'm not totally sure about that. But everybody does read at a different pace. So if you were trying to do that. If you had, for instance, like a really loud part for a really exciting moment, if you were reading slower, the loud part would come before it was supposed right. to. So it wouldn't. Like music you know. is like comedy. There's a timing to it. Crescendos must be accompanied by the action that is the right. crescendo. And this musical score was awesome, but it definitely had peaks and valleys. And I was like, huh, I wonder if, if but you my know what? reading would accompany that or not. You know what I was thinking about doing, though, was making a playlist on Spotify for a book that I really like and have it be like songs that I think just work in general for yeah. the chapter and kind of lining it up. So so I'm about to start reading the Thrawn trilogy, the Star Wars books. 
Oh, and I was yeah. thinking, like, how cool would it be if, is, oh, as yeah. I'm reading those books, I, I just hung out on Spotify and just found all these, you know, there's a ton of Star Wars music out there. There's, a, there's, so, there's so much so fan-made and so much, um, like, licensed Star Wars music out there. There's, like, lo-fi, you know, cantina band beats and stuff. There's so much. <laughs> and um, it would be really cool to just, like, as an experiment. Maybe I won't do it with this one just because it's three books, but I might do it with a, with a standalone book and then just um, publish up the or share the playlist for people so they can read along um, with what with i think your first book that you come out with. oh man yeah that would be so i was like, thinking about so I, w- I really was thinking idea. about writing music for each chapter but god it's just like writing a book is already so yeah, well, don't write your own work. music just find i want else's. to yeah i know yeah i can find somebody it would, it would take a fraction of the time but let's move on yeah. to the next question all right hi my name is shoelace asks are there any books or series you never plan on reading due to something that you heard about them? Yeah, I've got one. And you yeah. know, we won't we won't turn this into the hate hour, but there is like there's one for sure. <laughs> um and I get asked about it constantly, constantly. And I I understand uh, a lot of people really like this series for whatever reason. Um I'm not like coming down on you or anything. But it's uh it's sort of truth. <laughs> like I just don't have any interest in reading it like at all and I feel bad because a lot of people really really love it and I don't want to just like crush them and tell them I'm, like, I'm never reading that shitty series that's not what I'm trying to say it's just I'm just not a big fan of torture I don't like it I don't I've never liked it um I'm not saying it shouldn't be in books but the the way that you, like even you Chad have described Dude, it to ugh. me and other people have described it to me I just don't want to do it and apparently yeah. the big the, apparently another thing with it is that the books apparently they, they just get worse as you go so much worse and i feel like if it if the general consensus was that they get better as you go i would probably be a lot more interested in it and just kind of read through the torture <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> weird to say that <laughs> just but you know what i mean um yes like I, I mean i have a decent constitution for some stuff but um I don't know. Just the way that it's been described to me, it sounds like torture porn. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I didn't enjoy it at all, and you know, I'm not a big torture guy. Not that many people are, but you know what I mean. I'm not like I don't really like reading extensive trauma. And if I am going to read about it, if it's like pivotal to the story and I'm gaining, gleaning a lot from the story and really enjoying it, I like it like cinnamon, like a spice. Like I'm aware it's there, but I'm not eating a whole mouthful of it. I at least I think I might read Wizard's First Rule just because it's it's so it's such a a pillar of it's like iconic, classic fantasy, yeah. um, but I probably won't like read the entire series. Is, aren't there like twelve of them? There's a lot. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, don't I just know. get so mired in the mucky muck later on. It's like so much could be solved if one character just like could have a five minute conversation with another one, but they never do, and it's just. Ugh. I mean, um, I can't really think of anything else personally, just because it's like I I, I come at everything as, as open minded as I possibly can, and I'll, I'm willing to give anything a shot. It's just like those that particular series, I've already got a bad taste in my mouth just before I've even tried it. It's just yeah. one of those things. But yeah, that's the, about it for me. The only thing that comes to my mind uh, is Infinite Jest. I have oh. no desire to read that. <laughs> yeah, book. maybe that too. <laughs> it's just I just yeah. I've heard from people whose opinions I maybe don't hold in the highest regard that it's super amazing, and it just seems like it's 
going to be pretentiously intellectual or be, trying to be intellectual for intellectual sake, like using um, um, utilize as a, when you could just use use. And it's like, okay, use words that are awesome. I get that. But like, don't try to use big ones for the sake of sounding smart. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've never I've never read any David Foster Wallace. Um, he seems like he was a really smart person. And um, I don't know. I there are some other shorter works by him that I'd probably be interested in reading. But um, the I haven't really heard from anybody that it's worth how long it is. You know, um, yeah. I think for me, like with Infinite Jest, it's like I don't I don't really know if it, it doesn't come off like like uh david foster wallace has never really given me a vibe of somebody who's like i don't know he, he doesn't seem like pretentious or anything or he didn't seem like pretentious or anything he seems like a like a pretty just like a super smart like i mean very academic person mm -hmm. um and i'm sure there's some some cool stuff in there but for me it was just like it's just the length it's just so long and it's yeah you know i don't the like a college setting just i didn't go to college so like i don't really there's just nothing really in it for me i do like an academia setting and like fantasy i think that's really cool i can relate to some of that but just like a kid in college um it would have to there'd have to be a lot more spectacle around it than just that you know right. for for a thousand pages i could read like right. 200 pages of it um but, but on yeah. page 800 of them going to like their macro economics class they'd be like and please don't get me wrong here i don't i don't know if it's pretentious or not that's just what i think i've read four pages of the book it was like mm, right. not for me <laughs> i don't know it's one of those things where uh yeah i, ha I have such a hard time like 100 percent writing anything off you yeah. know um like i'm you not really know. interested in reading any ayn rand i have actually read a little bit of ayn rand um i read anthem which is a novella by her um it's okay like um or like, i mean I, th I thought it was all right um it doesn't really it's not really in line as much with what the fountainhead at atlas shrug seemed to be about um right and i guess like 2112 by rush was based off of that novella um called anthem um but like loosely based on it like neil neil pert just kind of like took the story and did his own thing with it um like the structure of the story he didn't like write the album about yeah, Ayn Rand's book or anything. Um, but yeah, like Ayn Rand, like, nah, not really. I don't, mm -hmm. eh, I don't know. Yeah, like, that's those, those just another one where it's just like, all right, it's 1,100 pages, you know? <laughs> I mean, I just, um, and I just, it's so, it's such a contentious thing. And um, I've like listened to a lot of interviews with Ayn Rand and I don't really like agree with her philosophies. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it's like, maybe it's like another thing where if it was a 200 page book and it was kind of one of those way, way, way popular things. Um, and I could knock it out in a couple of days. Even if I did disagree with it, I would read it. Um, right. But then you you tack on top of me disagreeing mostly with her philosophies, like that it's 1,100, 1,200 pages. And it's just like, nope, no thanks. I don't want to do I'll snack it. on this, but I'm not going to the buffet <laughs> That's here. That's such a good, a good <laughs> analogy. Thank you. I feel similarly about uh, L. Ron Hubbard. And if this was five years ago, I would have said I'll never read it. But I actually kind of want to read one or right. two of his books. Right, yeah. Um, I, I have a copy of Battlefield Earth. And oh. I've heard very mixed things about it. I've some I've seen some takes. Um, there's a couple of YouTube channels I follow, and this one YouTube channel that I like a lot did a whole like 45 minute review of it. And most of the review, he was kind of like, "It's all right, <laughs> like it's pretty <laughs> good." Like, I mean, L. Ron Hubbard, probably a pretty awful person, um, but kind of wrote the shit out of good. a couple of sci-fi yeah. books. Yeah, um, I don't know. He literally started a religion, so I. It can't be a bad writer all around. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where um, uh, science fiction, I feel like, would benefit so much by the author being a little crazy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, <laughs> you know, 
you know so it's like i'm I'm almost like a little more intrigued you know like if he was just writing like literary fiction or something i'd be less but it's but it's like the year 3000 it's like oh a crazy person wrote this (laughs) so the next question comes from klr fanboy and they ask does the weather outside play a role in how much you read I feel like everyone in the movies loves to curl up under a blanket on a crisp fall day or a rainy day and read. I like to read anytime, but I feel like I get into the book when it's rainy or whatever. Is it just me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think that's just you at all. Um, Like the weather for me personally, like um, I I really like reading in the sun, which is funny because I don't really like being in the sun <laughs> at any other time i like I the i like the natural yeah, like natural light on a page is really nice so when it's sunny out i i like sitting out on my on my back deck or in a park or something Dang. and reading um there is just something about it there is just something about sitting in the sun with like a drink and reading mm-hmm. it's really really cool so relaxing right i will say i do like reading on a rainy day and enjoy that trope and i but it's not because the rain inspires me to read it's because i feel no sense of guilt for having to not gone out and like climb a mountain or um, played and did something physical or floated the river you know there's no sense of guilt because i couldn't do those things because it was stormy outside or whatever i think the the rain also one of the reasons it's so popular to read while it's raining is because there's a little bit of white noise with it and it's a little bit of ambiance and um yeah i mean obviously you can't go outside so what are you gonna do yeah i think i mean the weather doesn't really play into what i want to read i don't know because i'll read and it's like all i do Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean like i don't climb mountains or like go outside really let me uh ask you in a an adjacent question evan is there a time of day that you feel particularly more prone to read at night for sure Uh, i try to read in the mornings um before I start like really getting stuff done. But I don't know, man, like I, my phone kind of beats me out, beats out the book most of the time in the morning. Cause I'm checking all my emails and checking my, all my socials and stuff. I, I, I wish I could say I was cooler than that, but I'm not like, I got, I wake up and go straight to my phone. It's um, your portal to get the rest of the world. Right. I yeah. Fine. Um, I mean, I, I really, I like, I really like reading um, in the morning, but yeah, reading at night is just my, my brain has been working so much over the course of the day. And I feel like I'm just, like I'm, it's like this perfect mix of of winding down, but also still being a little like buzzing from thinking yeah. about stuff all day. So it's like it's this perfect like intersection of of relaxing and still being like mentally active. And it, that's what I'm reading the most is very like, well said. Yeah, like pretty like pretty close to when I'm going to sleep. So I mean, I know I've said this before, but we've probably got a bunch of new listeners on here. What I typically do. Um, when I don't have, when I'm not recording a two and a half hour long podcast that we end up <laughs> deleting, uh, <I> <laughs> uh, but what I typically do is I'll read like, like 60 to 80, maybe like a hundred pages as I'm kind of like laying down and getting ready to go to sleep. And then once I start feeling myself getting tired, I'll switch to my Kindle and mm. read something that I've already read. It puts me into tired mode like once like once i i'm not processing stuff anymore i know that it's useless for me to keep reading because i'll just have to reread it again the next day oh i'm a fighter don't do it i'm stupid it's dumb (laughs) it's not productive i have to reread it and i end up dropping a book on my face and breaking my glasses literally (laughs) happened (laughs) yeah it's not a great uh habit but you know i'm not the same way with 
movies. Like it would be so weird for me to watch a movie in the morning. Whoa, I never thought about that before. <laughs> right? Whoa. I think we I think we associate like movies with like darkness. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I have pizza for breakfast. I mean, me too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never thought about that before. I've never like woken up and watched a movie. I'm sure I have at some point. If I was like marathoning like all the sick. Harry Potter movies or something. Yeah, totally. But I've never like tried to like sneak in a movie before I like had to go yeah. to work. Or it feels yeah. so weird. Yeah, I never thought about that ever. I've watched uh, episodes of TV shows before. I've been like, all right, I've got 45 minutes before I got to be somewhere. Like, I'm just going to like knock out an episode of this oh, show. Wow. You know, it's hard for me to do that form of media unless it's dark outside. That's interesting. I think it's because we associate like screens with like movie theaters and it being dark. It's like it's so saturated in our culture to have like so much darkness around a screen. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That's uh, the same reason like we have like, like pancakes are a breakfast food. Like it's not like who decided that it's like a social construct, you know, but it's an interesting to think about like why is that the way that it is it's funny um when i was when i was, I spent a decent amount of time overseas in europe and um one of the things i noticed immediately when i went there was the breakfast was different and at least in like uh like germany austria switzerland kind of area their breakfast was a lot of like what i would call deli meat and mm. cheese and like kaiser rolls and it's tomatoes like and <laughs> kind of there's like adult lunchables um, oh, so it was yummy. it was frustrating though because growing up in the United States, I am used to a certain kind of breakfast, and it's I a would, lunchable. <laughs> like I would I would get, I would stay up all night, like I was playing music all over the place. So uh, I was drinking a lot, <laughs> and so I'd stay up till like four in the morning drinking, and then I'd wake up at like nine a.m. and we'd have to like hustle out to go Ugh. to drive somewhere else, and. They had like this little opportunity to eat something so I wouldn't just feel like I'm dying all day. And I'd go out, you know, to the hotel lobby or wherever we were staying and there's just like this like charcuterie board like laid out. And I'm just like, where are the I need I need hot, greasy food. Right. You I don't need some eggs and bacon. And so many so many people were like, dude, if you just eat the tomatoes, like there's enough there's Ew. the the tomatoes are exactly what you need for you to not feel like you do right now. And I'm just like, I don't even want to hear it. Okay. I need <laughs> I need biscuits and gravy and chicken yeah. fried steak. It's the only and a bloody Mary. It's like the only thing that's actually gonna help me right now. You're handing me uh, beef jerky, like <laughs> But they were right, actually, like tomatoes do really I mean that's what's in Bloody Mary's like there's it's all it all makes sense, you know, like you um, can't do bloody Mary's. Really? I hate them. I what? wish I loved them because Ben I... has like the they've there's got so many fancy ones with like bacon sprouting out of it and crazy. They're like full meals, you know, and it looks delicious, but I just can't stand the flavor. You know, it's funny. Um, I never like I never liked the idea of Bloody Mary before. Um, because I was I didn't I don't like tomatoes really that mm. much. Um, and I Same. don't like tomato juice or anything. I usually whenever I order stuff, I will probably take tomatoes off. Um, but. I remember once I was uh, I was really 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 hungover, like the kind of hungover where you question going to the hospital. You know, oh, like wow. <laughs> I, I've never experienced that. Oh well, it's not very fun. I'm um, a night of guy. Uh, That's okay. when I suffer. <laughs> well, uh, I I remember it pretty vividly. Uh, I got I got kind of like talked into going to brunch because I figured, like I was saying, like if I get some food in me. I'll probably feel better right and i was just i was haggard like i just felt awful <laughs> and um someone ordered me a bloody mary without like telling me 
they saw they could just see me <laughs> you know like Sweating i probably like i, I probably looked like 10 kinds of hell uh, so some one of my friends ordered me a bloody mary and uh, i was like i don't i don't want this and she was like dude just just drink it trust me uh and then i drank the whole thing and i felt better and i was like oh hmm. oh oh this is why oh but it tasted it really good it did taste good really, huh? yeah because you put a bunch I... of like spices in it there's yeah. like garlic and hot sauce and sometimes there's like bacon in there and it's like an infused vodka if you go to a really I cool spot. I want to love it. It sounds so good, but then I just Dad, we're gonna go. You're, I, there's a Bloody Mary bar in Portland called Hol, uh, Holman's, and then uh, when, next time you come up here, we'll, I'll take you there. And okay, I'll, I'll hook you up. We'll, I know, we'll I know a good spot. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I would love to love it, but it just. But I I wonder if it's the tomato that is giving you the. Um, what your body needs or the alcohol it's, it's right? the, vodka. It's the hair of the dog <laughs> it's the vodka. <laughs> your body's like suffering withdrawals maybe it's, maybe it's the combination it it's the combination yeah maybe uh so. what if we uh got back on track here let's let's oh, try it out okay fine <laughs> <laughs> books and books and books and books so this one's also from klr fanboy and they ask do you ever just get bored of a book not the book itself or the story really but the genre hmm, hmm. um yeah, I mean, like, there's probably a to be 100% honest with my audience. Um, there's probably a point in most books where I'm bored. I think there's a lot of different kinds of boredom. Yeah. There's like the real boredom where you don't actually care about anything and you haven't cared about anything, you know, for, for like a while. Um, that's that's the kind of boredom that would lead me to not read it anymore. But even in, um, even in like Books of Babel, there were a couple parts, you know, where I was like, we've been here for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, Jade City, um, or not Jade, Jade City, but the Greenbone um, had a Greenbone. couple boring parts for sure. Yep. Yeah, um, middle of book I, two, right? There's, there's there's some parts in books um, where even if I really really love the books, something something wild has just happened, um, something really chaotic and exciting, and a, maybe a, some big reveals, and then even simmering down from that can be really interesting. But I find that the part like after that. It's a little bit boring. They're running um, and hiding again. <laughs> like if something's really, really boring, I just won't read it anymore. But there's a lot of different flavors of it. And sometimes what that boring part is, is kind of a vibe check. You know, it's kind of like yeah. it's a part where everybody's settling or there's there's a character who's kind of static and, and introspective for a little bit. And you feel like you're already kind of caught up with where where they are. But but the character is not caught up there yet, you know, so there's just so many different variations of it, but it was actually boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't relate to the characters. I don't care about the setting. I don't care about anything. Uh, it's like not the right plot for me not the right anything. Uh, then yeah, like that's no, a thing. Out. It's a thing. Yeah, it happens to me. <laughs> it happens to me um, fairly frequently, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm pretty, I'm pretty forgiving, but like, man, sometimes you just got to cut your losses. But also sometimes, you know, push through a little bit. Like if, if it's a yeah. hundred pages and, you, and you're just like, I am so bored, like it's, or even 20 or 30, honestly, like, you, you know, when you're really, really bored, right. but I mean, reading can be just kind of boring sometimes, you know, it's just <laughs> like, like I was telling him, I was talking to Vaughn, my brother, and I can't, I, my, it's like my life's goal to just get Vaughn to read something. Um, he, he's he, so insane to me. He's like he one doesn't. of the smartest people I know. And he like refuses to read books. It's so funny. We're so different. Um, but anyway, I was on the phone with him a little while ago and he's, and he was in Powell's before he went to work and he was, he called me and he was just like, Hey, are there any books I should check out? Um, 
And I was so excited because he never does that. It's like right? such an awesome day. Like, oh my God. Yeah, me, I know. I, I was like, oh, my, my moment has finally come. I know exactly what to do. And so he's walking around in the sci-fi fantasy section and I'm just like rattling stuff off. I'm just, you know, giving him suggestion after suggestion. And he was like, is there anything that's not boring? And I was just like, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, just like it, it, your definition of boring could be so many things, right? Like, I mean, you sitting in one spot with a, with a big like stack of paper in your hand is like technically i guess it's like, like definition kind of boring. <laughs> boring yeah i mean if someone saw you doing that they'd think that was boring um but i mean it's just it's a whole different it's not like with tv shows and movies where you're constantly stimulated because there's just uh, so many things to look at i mean there's there's boring tv shows and movies too for right. sure but you know what i mean um, I you the are amount of senses that it's engaging at the same time you know, because you're not hearing your book. I guess not. <laughs> Whatever. Depending on how good the writing is, yeah, no, you're true, not hearing. Yeah. You're not hearing your book. <laughs> or unless you're doing the awesome follow along with the musical score. Totally. Um, there are two series that come to mind when that question was asked. First one was Peter Brett's The Demon Cycle. It was really good. Like I enjoyed them and I read them all. I've read them all twice actually, but. I don't know. Every time when I get to like the second, about halfway through the second book, I'm just like, okay, yeah, demons, demons, demons. I mean, make your runes perfect. <laughs> they're going to kill you. And then there's desert people. And oh, it's like, I don't know. I just got, I just got kind of annoyed with it. And then annoyed's not the right word. I got bored. And then uh, Mistborn, actually. I Interesting. By book, I don't know. Again, like probably halfway through the second one, I just got a little. That's where I stopped. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I felt the the land was too black or white. Everything was so gray to me. And I was like, I like Isn't that the point of this? Isn't that the point of the trilogy though? Yes, it is. It totally is. But it's like I really like a high contrast like jungle. You know, it's like I want to see all this crazy color and my imagination was so under exercised. Interesting. I was just like, man, I want something a little more spicy. I think you and me should probably read Mistborn on here because we both haven't finished the original trilogy. And I like the first one so much. I think I read them a while ago. And the second book, it was it was a lot of Vin kind of just in and out of meetings and like just talking to the the kind of like aristocracy and kind of blending in and did not not really wanting to be there. And I just felt like that point had been hammered home so many times that I, 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 I was kind of bored. I was just I was kind of like... But I think it's unfortunate because from the way that people have told me about the trilogy, uh, I've had some people agree with me on that on that particular point about the second book. But apparently, I if I had pushed like another 50 or 100 pages, I wouldn't have been able to stop reading them because they were. I guess they get really, really good. So I think maybe it'd, it'd probably be a good for, idea for us to and read I mean, them on here. Full disclosure, I didn't mean to mislead you. I got bored with it, but I didn't stop it. I did finish all three. <laughs> <laughs> three of them oh i didn't and know I read that wow the next ones too actually that are like way in the future interesting um, i didn't know that it was a while back yeah. um so i would definitely be benefited by reading them again and i see books through a totally different light now because yeah. of all of these wonderful people that have shared their uh like filters you know and it's just yeah. broadened my own but yeah i was it was in during my part of my book journey that i'd never allowed myself to stop a book especially when i was that far in and if i would if I would reread them now and have the same experience and not be doing it for the podcast, I probably would stop. But at the time I was like, gotta keep going. I'm glad I did it. They were very good. Yeah. Wheel of time. Got you though. That did. Dude, it did. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it did the yeah. few book series there, that, that got some me boring was, books in there yeah wheel yeah. of time and sort of truth i got to like eight or something it was just like uh, no and it was so hard for me to do that i think it was like the first series that i was ever like nope there's a lot of wheel of time books yeah there's a lot there's a lot of sort of truth books too. <laughs> i mean I, I feel like it'd be fun to read the wheel of time on here but that would be um Gosh, it would take us like five months to do that. It would take we will so long. at some point. I'm not gonna rule anything out for us mm. reading it on here, um, but I think Wheel of Time is pretty far down my list. Yes, like Malazan yes. has to come before that. Absolutely. You know, um, we're gonna end up doing another Stormlight read. But um, I do really want to read Wheel of Time with your perspective and everyone else's perspective because I think I would enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with the Wheel of Time that, because um, I didn't really notice it, honestly, because I, the way that I read those books is I read the first six, and then I took a break. I took like a four-month break between six and seven and read some other stuff, and then I went back and read seven through 14 pretty quickly. Like, I didn't really read anything else. I just wow, read those books. Were you able to books. remember the story mean? and everything? Like, yeah, It's totally. really hard for me to um, do that, because I feel like I don't know the subtleties. Yeah, uh, if anybody's listening and hasn't read Wheel of Time, um, and I guess yeah, if you have too, you you know what I'm talking about. Like the end of book six, like Dumais Wells, is a very like good spot to cut it if you're trying to like take a break with the Wheel of Time. Like I feel like uh, books one through six are kind of their own thing, and then books seven through fourteen are kind of their own thing too. Can I test you, uh, your memory, and see if you can give me all the Wheel of Time books in order? Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay, let's do it, baby. I don't have, yeah, you caught me off guard, so you don't, uh, all right, here we go. I have the list pulled up. Oh, you do? All right. I um, do, yeah. Let's see. Uh, it's Eye of the World, The Great Hunt, The Dragon Reborn, Shadow Rising, Fires of Heaven, Lord of Chaos, Crown of Swords, Path of Daggers, Winter's Heart, uh, Crossroads of Twilight, Knife of Dreams, Gathering Storm, Towers of Midnight, and The Memory of Light. Yeah. Sweet. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> I mean, I spent so much time with those books. Like, of course, I could remember all of them. This one has like a few more sprinkled in there, but there's there's like a distinctions, but there's like and by grace and banners fallen. Oh, it's three point five, twelve point five, eleven point five. What the storm means? Um. Okay. There's so there's like e. there's a there's a dream. I mean, not a dream. Uh, New Spring is the prequel novel, which came out oh. I think between um either nine and ten or ten or eleven. Yeah. Um, but it's it's it takes place before Eye of the World. It's like about Moraine. Um, like meeting Lan and stuff. Um, oh, okay. It's a decent, it's okay. Like it's not great, um, but it is like, it's cool to see like Moraine and Lan. Um, but then um, there, I think there are short stories that are in other collections of Robert Jordan's or um, like anthologies that he was a part of where he like contributed a Wheel of Time story oh. or something. I don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's like totally true, but I don't think that he had like published um, like, like single volume like novellas or anything like right that. these as far as are I'm like aware. in the list they're in there but they're like a 0.5 like a halfway yeah. and they have a little like asterisk by them denoting that they're not actually part of like the canon if you want to use that term well i'm sure they're canonical but i don't think that yeah they're not um i mean read them if you want to if you want to make that even longer <laughs> yeah your memory is so impressive evan well done uh -huh. thanks chad yet to yet to fail my my uh my tests let's uh, get to the next one Okay. C. Genevieve asks, after listening to the most recent episode and hearing you talk about 80s books, it could be cool to talk through books from each decade that you've read slash want to read, starting with some really old stuff like 1930s Huxley. 
gosh, yeah, I don't even know what like the the oldest the oldest books that ever. I mean, I guess like The Hobbit was out in the 30s. When was like Huck Finn? Gosh, um, late wrote. 1800s. Old, old Sam Clemens. Yeah, I love those books. I don't even know if I was right about. It. Oh yeah, uh, 1884. Nice, I nailed it. Nice, cool. dude, you did nail that. Nice work. Um, yeah, I've never I've never read any um uh, Mark Twain. Actually. Really? Yeah. You never none. read like uh, Adventures of Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry? Nope, I never read any of it. Oh man, I've read both of those books probably eight times each. Really? Yeah. It's been probably twenty years since I've read either one of them, but I read the crap out of them when I was a kid. I've always wanted uh, I've always wanted to read a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. That sounded like a pretty cool book. Um I mean I've read like H. G. Wells, like Lovecraft. A lot of C. S. Um, Lewis. Yeah, C. S. Lewis. Um, those are like the old, like old, old stuff. Beowulf. <laughs> uh, I read Beowulf in school, which is cool. I, I really? feel like what, a lot of people did didn't they have read. you. Yeah, I didn't read that. I read it just for fun. 10th grade. It was like a, I was an AP lit. No big deal. I was too, but I didn't. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not a big deal. <laughs> it was the only, hey, what the hell? <laughs> How about we're both big deals, Evan? <laughs> yeah, we are. Sorry. You can't, the... you can't do the same things I can, Chad. <laughs> English and lit were the only thing that I bothered taking any sort of AP in. Yeah. I was like, I'm fully aware I am not going to be making my money because I know what uh, chemistry is, you know? I mean, AP was interesting because um, I didn't feel like it was, it's not necessarily like more, and if anyone's listening, I don't know how everybody's school system works. I don't know if AP is like a countrywide <laughs> I thing. I don't know. I didn't take like, the lower levels, so I'm not aware of It was them. like an <laughs> advanced placement. I don't know. It was yeah. just, uh, but. Gives you college credits. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, I didn't, I felt like it wasn't like, you know, smarter or, you know, it was, we just read more, like a higher volume of books. Like we just went through them faster. Um, so like in my regular, I remember I took like, like my ninth grade English class, we read like, we read like, like four books or something or like five over mm-hmm. the whole school year. And then um, maybe even like three, honestly, I think, uh, my 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 freshman English class, I kind of vividly remember. We read uh, "To Kill a Mockingbird," "A Streetcar Named Desire," yeah. "Romeo and Juliet," and "The Odyssey." Which is pretty solid, ones. like yeah, yeah, like fairly solid. Um, and then I can't remember what I read in like tenth and eleventh grade, but I remember like twelfth grade AP Lit. We read a bunch of stuff. We we read so much. We were just tearing through books like "Tess of the D'Urbervilles," "Wuthering Heights," "Macbeth," "A Prayer for Owen Meany," "Julius Caesar." Uh, we read so much Shakespeare in high school. It's Dude, so me wild. Too. Like, and I, I think mean, that's ridiculous. I don't. I don't know if it's a. It's. It's not a bad thing, but like, make mm. some room. You know, like make yeah. some room for some other voices and some other people. Like, I feel like at that stage of growth of your brain, you could you would be more benefited with other things. Like we studied a lot of Shakespeare, and I was in a like a lot of use this word very loosely, but high level like acting and drama classes. And we did a ton of Shakespeare. And it was like, we did not know half of what we were doing. <laughs> you were saying. just regurgitating we pre- the lines. Yeah, we yeah. pretended to know because we were like drama kids who knew what we were doing, but we did not know what we yeah. were talking about. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of felt like the finer points were kind of lost in us. And I wish we focused our time on things that I could kind of get a better grasp on. Um yeah, yeah, I was always really excited to read like novels. I mean, we did yeah. we did 1984, and yeah, we spent so much time on 1984, and it was so cool. I liked it a lot, and I've I've read that uh, two more times. I read it in high school, and then I read it in like my early 20s, and then I just read it again too, a couple actually. of years ago. Yeah, oh, that's been on uh, my to do list. 
It's so good. I like 1984 yeah. a lot. My understanding and the difference between like the like AP and the not was the level of of passion that the students had for it. Like I felt like in the AP class we had good conversations about it, not because we were like smarter, we were doing higher level things. It was just like we all cared more about the subject, and so we like all got yeah. into it more. Maybe I don't know. I uh, that was kind of my take on it, and I really enjoyed my English classes. I had really good English teachers, actually. Yeah, I I, I'm, I mean, I know that a lot of people have had pretty negative experiences with reading in in school, and I totally 100% understand that because yes. I mean, when you try to reach that many people with just kind of like this blanket, like, okay, here's what everybody's reading. It's, it's bound to not connect with some people. Right. Absolutely. And there are a and few things that didn't... that art is weird. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, there were a few things that I definitely didn't really like, um, like I just was never really a fan of reading plays. Uh, yeah. they really, they're it's so boring <laughs> there. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was cool fun to do, but I did have a couple of drama classes too. And that, I mean, it was fun because we were actually, reading it you know what right. i mean we were, we were doing it um what what did you what uh shakespeare plays did you do in in drama oh we did midsummer night's dream once that's a really cool year. play though <laughs> that is i mean to be fair one of shakespeare's coolest plays oh in my absolutely like, i studied it a lot and i if there's one piece that high schoolers i don't want to limit high schoolers but if there's if there's one that's like definitely in their realm i would say that one would be would be a green light because um, I definitely learned a lot from that book and did it a bunch and actually got to like kind of play a di directing role for one of the years that we did it, which was really fun. Oh, wow. Um, but I played like Oberon and Puck and Puck was my favorite. Oh, neat. Uh, to play, yeah. And then we did um, Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, we I've did never Taming read that one. of the Shrew, which was fun, but I don't think that we understood it. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I'm sure many of my classmates who were uh, superior in intellect did, but I certainly did not. Uh, I just remember even thinking while like repeating the lines, I was like, and I remember thinking when well, up there on stage, I was like, I have no idea like, <laughs> like what I just what said and like about. what my character's motivations are. Like I am a mimicker at best right now. Uh, and then a couple other ones that were like short stories that he did that we had some pretty, that we had fun with. I remember, I remember really liking uh, Twelfth Night. I liked Twelfth Night a lot, and um, or at least what I from you know what I understood about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like me at like sixteen, um, I just I don't think that I really picked up as much as I probably would now. I mean, I think even now I would probably need um, to go online and read like, or at least you know um, I haven't read, I haven't like sat and read Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. um in a very very long time i feel like because of the way that it flows um you probably and i've noticed this with some other classics that i've read too like when you initially start you're like Ugh, like look at this language um right but then as you keep going you kind of like start to get into the flow of it right you know there's um, a cadence and a rhythm yeah, to it and you um, learn it yeah and like i mean it's like that with um like dumas or like um like virginia wolf or um like dickens you know mm -hmm. um you're you're kind of like it's very intimidating at first but you kind of do fall into it so um yeah i mean i, I really did enjoy 12th night and hamlet uh, was pretty fun i liked hamlet i never read hamlet uh, it was fun i liked it it was just you know did you know that uh i don't know if this is true <laughs> but i've heard that the lion king is based like very much on like the the main plot points of hamlet like huh. it's like a kid's dad dies 
and then the uncle who killed the dad um like gains power and then like the ghost of the dad comes up and says like you need to avenge my death essentially and like get your get find your place back on the throne um it's huh. basically hamlet yeah that is yeah. basically hamlet i've never thought about it but yeah but there's no like there's, you know there's no pause uh that sim there's no i don't think there's any like existential pause for simba where he's just like should i kill myself or not you know uh <laughs> but <laughs> i mean maybe maybe there's some some subtext in there when he's uh, yeah. eating, eating bugs and shit <laughs> i was never a macbeth or a tempest fan uh, i did like king lear though yeah, I haven't read those either. Man, maybe I should maybe I should just try reading some. So skip Shakespeare's King Lear and do Fool from Christopher Moore because it's so much more fun. Is that what that's based on? Yeah. Interesting. As told through the eyes of the court jester. Would I have to have read King Lear to like Fool? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. It's it's a standalone. I mean, yeah, no, you do not need to. You'll probably glink get more out of it but it is a wonderful read regardless of your previous knowledge i've been meaning to read some christopher moore it's been a little while i think fool i might buy fool actually you because you seem to really like it a lot i love it and i think i really resonate with the main character he's just like witty and he's everything that like i try to be when i talk kind of he just inspired me (laughs) (laughs) chad if you're trying to be witty all the time you're not you're never going to be witty. i know i know I would be beheaded for just being not witty and just see being what I just did rude. there. That was witty. What I just it was did, so witty. And I was... <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was. Well, where are we at here? Do we have any more questions? Oh, let me see. Samcel zero o Samcelo. Hello. I had been wondering if there were any books that made you guys want to write your own books, and if so, what about the book affected you that way? Uh. Yeah, I got one that's really relevant to the immediate times. More than any other book, Ol Senlin, the Books of Babel, wanted inspired me to write. Really? You yeah. didn't tell me that. That's so cool. It was so cool and unique and imaginative. And I was like, if I were to write a book, this would be the type of book and the sort of lessons and the, the type of depth and the tone with its kind of flippant like making fun of itself, but also it's like very real. Um, I, I would try to write in that sort of voice. I think that those books really line up a lot with your personality, man. Like they really I do. remember getting, I was like, uh, I was about like halfway through the second book and I kept, th- I was thinking about you a lot when I was reading these books, just like Chad would have loved that. Chad probably loved that, you know? Um, I, I mean, was and laughing I love those out too, loud obviously. multiple times. Totally. Every book, like just chuckling, like, ah, so clever. And I was just like, Get excited like when, when byron says like i think we covered this in the other episode but when byron says like <laughs> like if you could go to the moon you would probably find ants on the moon yeah. <laughs> it's like so true there's ants it's everywhere so true. yeah it's so like perfect like, for his character uh was well, what book for you inspired you uh if any well you're a writer there's got to be one uh the count of monte cristo was probably oh. that was like the I, I read that when i was like tw- like 24 or something like that um and that was around the time that I really started. I, I like bought, I didn't have a laptop um, and I bought one specifically so I could start writing. And it was, it was very touch and go. Like I wouldn't, I would, I would write for like half an hour and then I wouldn't even try again for like another month or so. I didn't really still, like seriously start sitting down and doing it till like a couple of years ago. 
Right. Um, we were really right in the middle of the band thing at that point totally, in your life, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but it was really fun to like sit and do it. Um, but like one of the stories that started to develop and one that is still developing right now, it's like my back burner, like really long. I've already got like 150,000 words like dedicated to it. It's a total mess. But um, the Count of Monte Cristo, having like a person in prison breaking out, it's, it's like the ultimate story. It you is know? the ultimate it's, story. Uh, so yeah, Count of Monte Cristo is a big one. It has growth, has so many good things. I did myself a disservice trying to read it at 13. And yeah, you gotta read it again. Like, I really it's do. So because I have nothing but just like ugh, kind of like animosity in my mind. Because <laughs> it was so confusing and way too much for my 13-year-old brain to comprehend and appreciate even kind of properly. Well, you've seen like the Jim Caviezel movie, right? Mm. It's very good. It's 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 very good. It leaves a lot out, obviously. Um, right. It's it's Kings it's, it's a good it's a good movie. Um, I still haven't seen like the original movie, the black and white one. Um, no, I heard it's really cool. But anyway, for anybody listening that hasn't read The Count of Monte Cristo, personally, it's my favorite like classic novel I've ever read. It's like my favorite book, honestly. Like it's like if I could really pick a favorite book, I think it's The Count of Monte Cristo. Wow. Um, but just the absolute dedication that this guy has to just revenge. fuck over like everybody <laughs> like just he, he's just he goes to like the lengths that he goes to it's like the ultimate man in a hole goes all the way to the very top kind of story and takes everybody down as he's rising to it because he was wrongfully it's the first like couple chapters it's so sad yeah, too like it's so, so it's so brutal because this like edmund dantes is he didn't do anything he was just a he good was friend. just he was just the right person to send to prison yes in this exact situation and and he has like he, oh man I, I i could go on about it for so there's long even, it's just uh, such a fucking fantastic book man like yeah th- there's a line in the movie when he's like first getting taken to the shadow shadow reef shadow shadow deep the shadow um, deep shadow deep uh and He's getting escorted and he's yelling at the prison, the jailkeeper. I'm not guilty. And then he's the saying, guy was like, "What is my crime? What, what is, is my crime? crime? That's right." Yeah. And he's like, "Nothing. Of course you're not guilty. Like, yeah. why do you think they sent you out of here in this yeah, island? Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> they sent you out here to forget about you. This right. is where they send people that they want to forget. Like, this right. is it's like a giant like oubliette, you know? Yeah. What's an oubliette? I'm, I'm like, yeah. Oh, like, I understand. Oh, you don't know what an oubliette is? No, well, oubliette. Let, me, let, man. let me enlighten you. I couldn't even um, like attempt to spell that. As far as I'm aware, and I could, I, my my medieval um, like trivia and knowledge is like a little sparse, but I'm pretty sure an oubliette is a uh, a hole. Uh, it's not a prison, right, or a dungeon necessarily. It's basically a hole in the ground that they would just put you in until you die. Oh. Like so, it's like, uh, like within within like a castle keep, right? And then apparently people would use the bathroom in that hole oh. until you died. Oh, like boy. yeah. So like that's what an oubliette is. Like at least as far, I mean, someone sent me an email if I'm wrong about that. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, so I just googled it and it spelled it right. Yeah. Just so we're all aware, uh, and it says a secret dungeon. <laughs> It's hard. It's, um, a secret dungeon with access only through a trapdoor in its ceiling, and then right. it gives a couple other like variations, and one of them is exactly what you were talking about. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're pretty much right on the money. 
so messed up like so so messed, so messed up but yeah oh like i God. mean if you think about like um that's where that's where they would put like the most like you know heinous criminals is like they would just drop them down a hole and then just close the top of it oh, you know because like with a dungeon there's like there's bars you can you know what i mean like there's a door there's right yeah but like, there's hope a little bit <laughs> not much yeah, a but bit, like a little not bit much. Wow, uh, I think uh, I don't know. I feel like we're good. What do you think? I think we're we're we've had it for a little while. Yeah, we've been um, we've been chipping away. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I love doing these Q and A episodes. Me too. Uh, they're such a blast. And don't don't hesitate. Like, get in the Discord. Ask us whatever you want. Um, we don't answer every single question because uh, we just you know they get lost in the sauce a little bit sometimes. We we try to comb through and get to every one of them. But ask us anything you like. Yeah. Also, I see sometimes someone will ask a question and someone else unable to not answer the question will be like, I know this is for Evan and Chad and they'll answer it, but no need to apologize. You answer that question. You get up in there. That's what the Discord is for, everybody. We can steal your answers so they're good ones, you know? (laughs) We don't even have to think about stuff. I know. Do our thinking for us, guys. I'm sick of thinking. It's hard. No, thinking is rough. (laughs) Well, everybody, let's go read. We don't have to think. Yeah, let's go read. I really want to go read. I have. Me too. I'm reading really cool stuff right now, and I'm excited to talk to you about it um, this weekend when we record the Monday Morning Minute episode. Yeah, you know it. Everybody, I hope you all have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you for being here with us today on Book Reviews Kill, and of course, happy reading. And thank you for submitting all the questions. Bye, everybody.